good Monday morning pile. It is the B-Team edition of the Jim Davis Show on your last Monday of February. Peter Padham, let's get at him. And the second to last day of the month altogether. That's true. Short month. That means it is a nice and short 13 days between paydays around the Radio Ranch. Very happy about that. Same here. The 25th landing on a weekend on a 31-day month. This is the other side of that. Uh-huh. You know, where you get a day early, front side of a weekend, so you got 18 days to get paid. That's always fun. This one's a shorter one, though. This one's a shorty. little short guy. But that's all right. Anyway, it's a good, the bad, the ugly Monday. Things you liked, you didn't like over the weekend. Things you thought were just blech. I agree with Jim. Shock. Shocker. Uh, The dual-colored helmet split down the middle of the Houston whatevers in the XFL. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those, like, powder blue... No, no, no. This is the the navy or black or whatever it is on one side and the white on the other. Oh, oh. Just ugh. Okay. No, yeah. I, I don't I know who agree. that is. Is that Houston or Arlington Houston, or whatever? So I think Houston's the white helmet, like you said. Yeah. And I think Arlington's the other one. I think Arlington's are also very black. So they're, they're not the, good. Uh, the navy blue or the baby blue, I'm all right with. Like, I'm okay with that. That's not a bad looking little headpiece. But, like, the two colored roughneck deal, not a, not a fan of that. I like the Derek. The Derek looks cool. But the two tone, just nope. That's a big no for me. On those. Other than that, that's pretty much all the XFL I watched, other than Joey Galloway just refusing to let the over under go. It's like, I get it. You're embracing gambling. This is awesome, brother. But, I mean, come on. At some point, just let it go. Right? Like, I do like the fact that he was perfectly needle, perfectly willing to, and on the other side, Dean Blandino was perfectly willing to accept the needling about disagreeing over calls. Right. I do like that because you don't get the feeling from the NFL, right? Like, you can't, on an NFL broadcast, needle the vice president of officiating. No. no. Just, that's not going to go. And Roger what, Goodell and his hit team's coming for you. And and as far as his kneeling... Shield the, Team 6. As far as get his... It. Love it. Thank you. As far as his needling of the over-under goes... You have a gambling problem. That's true. But that's... As a former Ohio State player, that's not just limited to him. <laughs> Look at you, Arch Lichter. You, you, you would know. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, it's a good, the bad, the ugly Monday. It is a B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye Boy here uh, behind the controls. Baked goods in the sidecar. Uh, and um, we have uh, we have some stuff to talk about. Do we? Yes, playoff basketball playoff. for high school. Uh, some teams have their season end. Some teams have their 
playoff run continue. CMU Mavericks basketball, season's not over. They both play men and women tomorrow night. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. Wrestling had a good weekend at uh, the old uh, Nationals. Brother! Or uh, the Regionals, rather. Districts, whatever they're called. Super Regionals. Super Regionals. Not just That's any region. Right. My, my bad there. You're going to have uh, four Mavericks in the National Tournament for uh, wrestling. That's awesome. Swim and Dive had a good weekend. and Or rather, Track had a good weekend. I saw something about Swim. Maybe, maybe that was not CME Mavericks. A lot going on this weekend. There is. Um, also, you had uh, CSU playing Border War on the Hardwood on Friday night. Colorado, after just getting waxed by USC, takes on UCLA. We'll talk about that. Rockies Cactus League underway. They play today on the Team Sports Network. Nuggets go to overtime. Avs score nine goals in less than 24 hours, it feels like. In a back-to-back from Canada to Denver. Nazem Kadri gets a beautiful, emotional video tribute on the that video board. Cool. And then they go out and just kick his team's ass <laughs> all up and down the, on the ice. So, there is that. That was also beautiful. There was and, also, I was going to say, uh, in relation to the Avs, a friend uh, is coming back after a brief stint in Chicago, Jack Johnson. That's true, yeah. He's back in Colorado. He's essentially like the other Jack Johnson. He's just he's on tour. <laughs> he's got those united miles between Denver and Chicago. Exactly. Uh yeah, there's Avs making moves as we get closer to the trading deadline. Uh it'll be a B team edition on Wednesday as well. Breaking news. I don't know if you knew that, but we'll I, be I got here. the text. Okay, we'll be in here again on Wednesday. And uh we'll talk with Connor McGahee about uh Hopefully the Avs continuing to win. A five-game winner now. They play tomorrow night. We'll talk to him about re-adding Jack Johnson, some of the other moves, which in all the stuff we were gathering together this morning, I had that as, oh, let's throw these in there, and then just completely forgot about it. So thank you for reminding me. Jack Johnson coming back to the Colorado Avalanche. And then on top of that, old Danger Russ. Apparently politicking to get his coach and GM fired and they end up trading <laughs> now I I'm in the camp mm-hmm. and I know this will shock you that says I don't know how valid the report is that he actively pursued wanting to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired and so uh, we'll we'll dive right into this here we got a lot of Broncos stuff to talk about um, because from the time I left here Thursday mm-hmm. to now, they've hired a lot of assistant coaches, including Vance Joseph. We'll get to that. Um, I know you guys talked a lot about that on Friday. We did. The Russ thing. Now, I'm with you in the, I don't think he marched into Jody Allen's office. And Mike Florio has a write-up on this, and I'm pretty much, it's going to sound like I'm parody, parroting it. But it is what I feel as well, that it's not that cut and dried. It's not that black and white. That Russ went into the office and said, you need to fire them if I'm coming back. Were those words said? Probably not. But when Jody Allen made the trade, sent Russell Wilson to the Broncos, 
after last season, you could say unloaded Russell Wilson on the Broncos. Got everything in return. She said that Russ wanted this change. So, in between the, you need to fire them or I'm not coming back, and Russ wanted this type of change, there's a lot of gray areas. There is. From meetings and discussions and phone calls and texts and talk with representatives about, what are we going to do going forward, Russ? How are we going to make this better? Can we make this relationship with you and Pete Carroll and the GM, whose name I can't remember right at the top of the head right now, can we, John Schneider, can we make this work? And Russ maybe says, like, you know what? I don't think so. And, you know, the three of us can't remain here together. Is that Russ angling to get them fired? No, it's not. But is it Russ wants them gone? Yeah, yeah, it is. But there's a lot of semantics, there's a lot of nuance in the middle ground between I will never play for this head coach again and, well, Russ wanted this trade, right? Right. There's a lot of middle ground in there. So I'm not going to be up here like, oh, man, look at Russ. Now when Sean Payton's not going to you know, do what he wants, he's going to want to get him and George Payton fired too. He's going to fire all the Paytons, right? Uh, but so there's a lot of nuance in there. I'm not terribly alarmed by, excuse me, apple fritter before the show with the hiccups now. So that's what you were gnawing on over there. Yep. Uh, I, I'm not shocked or surprised or worried because this happens with quarterbacks all the time. Right. I seem to remember a power struggle between John Elway and a certain head coach. I, I'm thinking right now there's a power struggle going on in Green Bay. You know, the power struggle in New England of, yeah, I think I'm done with you. I think I'm done playing for you, and I need to try something else. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. The problem is... There's a power struggle that Zach Wilson's going to lose in New York. <laughs> that's that's just because he's got... That's among other things he's lost in New York. A lot of games. His, uh, a, a nice relationship with his mom. <laughs> right. Among other things he's among, lost. Yeah. Uh, dignity, self-respect. Not awkward conversation with mom. Dignity, self-respect. The whole thing. Yeah. So, like, I don't really... I'm not going to go pitchforks and torches on Russ on this one because... This happens all the time. And when you have an article right. that is, we'll write it up, we'll put it out, that's pretty much it. And then we'll leave it to the comment section to provide nuance. Because that's always Which good. is like getting nuance in replies on Twitter. <laughs> good luck with that. So, you know, it's hard to have a that discussion and to break down all the little tentacles of this. When you have, you know, 1,200 words that you got to fill on your byline, right? Yep. So there's that. You can get in on that pile. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line is 970-242-1340. Calls and texts. We take both around here. Operators, Tyler, are standing by. Now, Now, you've had a whole weekend. You've had a full long weekend. Three days and change to marinate on Vance Joseph's return. (laughs) 
Have your thoughts changed? Have your thoughts calmed down since Thursday or Friday at all, Pyle? Where are you at? Are you camp? Trust Sean Payton. Trust in the process. Uh, Paul on the text line had one of those Friday I saw. I trust Sean Payton. Trust in the process. Or are you, the Broncos aren't listening to us, me like Doug Otwell in uh, Mile High Sports. A fantastic product, but every once in a while they have an article that's like, come on. Hmm. Okay. This is this proves the Broncos don't listen to their fans. Ownership I mean, group has been on for one year. They did listen to their fans because after they Royal Rumble style counted down the play clock, they brought in a game manager for Nathaniel Hackett, who they eventually made interim head coach. Which, I was going to say, turned out to pay dividends more so than when they originally hired him. You know, so exactly what, which camp are you? Are you camp in the middle of, yeah, I don't really like it, but he's not going to be the head coach. Right. There is that, right? Are you the, well, now we're going to have to win shootouts? I think for me, the initial sort of shock value mm-hmm. has worn off. Because the, the news of, hey, Vance Joseph's coming back to Denver as yeah. the defensive coordinator only really four or five years removed since he was fired from being the head coach. Of the uh, team. This season would have been five. So Vic for three, Nathaniel for one point nine two percent, and then Jerry Rosberg for the other part. For the for the rest, uh, you know, the again, the shock and awe of oh god, we're bringing back Vance Joseph to it's have more another shock and awe <laughs> to have another good week of practice. You know that's one yeah. off, and I think, I think given the choice. The, the guy that that I would have campaigned for to be the D.C., Chris Richard of the Saints, mm-hmm. I would have preferred him over both Vance Joseph and Rex Ryan. And if I'm being completely honest, I think I would have preferred Vance Joseph over Rex Ryan simply because Rex Ryan's been out of the league for seven, eight years doing the TV thing. And the guy just gives me the ick. I... There is that. I, you know what? I will not uh, disagree with you about that. But so, yeah. when you go with uh, in the league versus out of the league, so Vance Joseph has been in the league as a coordinator or head coach only since 2016. That's since Van- since uh, Rexy has been out of the league, and once has he had a defense in the top 10 in yardage. One or sorry, yeah, in yardage and zero times has he had a top 10 scoring defense. Even taking over a defense that carried the Sheriff to a Super Bowl 2 years later was not able to do anything with it. Yardage third, points, scoring defense 22nd. And then with the Cardinals, their defense stunk out loud this year. See, and I had it in my head for some reason. They were like, I'm not great, but middle of the pack. Um, if if there were 64 teams in the league, they would be in the middle of the pack. Got it. They were 31st, 31st 
in scoring defense last year in the NFL, which last count, 2, 4, 8, 10, 12, 32 teams. They sucked defensively. So Well, we kind of glossed over that one there then because... You know the only defense that was worse last year in the National Football League? Oh, boy. I'll give you this. They're picking higher than the Cardinals in the draft. They may not pick there, though, because they might trade that away because they might have a quarterback. The Bears? The Bears. 14 points worse than the Cardinals last year. 463 points allowed. The Cardinals' point differential was negative 109. Ouch. To put that in perspective, uh, the 49ers had a point differential of plus 173 at the top of the league. So Vance Joseph as a defensive mind in the NFL is kind of like Patrick to SpongeBob a little bit. And now he's going to be the defensive coordinator. And we talked about this a lot over the last few weeks, especially when they were talking about Vance, or not Vance Joseph, the other V, Vic Fangio coming back. Mm-hmm. One, I don't know how you take that job. I don't either. Maybe everybody in this roster has been turned over, essentially, in its entirety since Vance was here last. That might be one thing. Vic was just here a year or so ago. Right. But... At least Vic has success to point to. Vance does, and Rex Ryan has success to point to. And you're right. It's a valid point. He's been out of the league for a while. But would you rather, as a Bronco fan, take, man, he's been out of the league for a while. He kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies, but, man, look at those numbers. When he's on, he's on. Or... Vance Joseph. He's a likable guy. I like Vance Joseph as a person. Right. But he wasn't very good. But you know what? He's a great person. And they always practice very well. Which one would you rather have? It's tough. It's it's the heebie-jeebies and win. Or, dang, he's really nice after another poor defensive showing. See, in in that respect, obviously, it's got to be Rex Ryan. But... But but that's the thing, too. There was that third name that was kind of just sort of in the ether, mm-hmm. Chris Richard, who I looked at his resume. The guy coached the Legion of Boom to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He, he was a integral part of their defensive scheme. He knew Sean Payton. Like, Vance Joseph's never been a part of, of Sean Payton's staff, as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. So... Why not go with someone you know that kind of has that that mix of they're still in the league and they've had success? Because Vance Joseph has recent experience in the league that Rex Ryan does not. But Rex Ryan has the skins on the wall. True. So that's where I, that's where I landed ultimately was right in the middle. Someone who's had success and someone who's still in the league. Yeah. And the fact that they went... Vance Joseph says that they valued recent experience, but you know how many how many former TV hosts can you bring in to coach this team before you go? Hmm. Right. And I I don't have to be in the trust Sean Payton camp, 
because not a fan of the team. I don't you're, think that's a secret. That's, yeah, you're, you're as an outside observer and an objective viewpoint on it, it does raise some eyebrows. Honestly, that yeah, you value experience, but when that experience is poor, right? What exactly is there to value? Like Chris Richard, you're talking about it with the as a defensive coordinator of the Seahawks, his scoring defense was first, third, thirteenth. And then last year with the Saints, the scoring defense was ninth. Yardage, he's been eleventh at the worst in four years as the defensive coordinator. Now there's a five year gap there where he was not a defensive coordinator. 18 through 21, or four, he was the defensive backs coach in Dallas and New Orleans. He's a young guy. He's worked under Dennis Allen, Pete Carroll, Jason Garrett. Take that for what you will. Right. But Sean Payton's put together kind of a, a diverse staff, both in, you know, looks and background and experience and. <laughs> Levels of success. Right. That last one is the one where I don't really want a ton of diversity if I'm a fan of a team, right? Right. Like Broncos fired, or not Broncos, Browns fired Joe Woods, defensive coordinator, brought in Jim Swartz. That changes the level of success because Jim Swartz has got some skins on the wall as defensive coordinator in this league. And hopefully he brushes up the back end of the Browns defense. But it's not a man, this guy is kind of suck. It's not Joe Woods. Right? Woods like, man, this this guy's defense has never been great. Right. Broncos fans know that. We there do. are some that are looking at the radio right now going, Yeah. We I remember we were remember there. those days. We were there. Those were the Vance Joseph days. Yes, they were. So I don't know. Where do you come down, pile? Do you come down in the, yeah, you know what? I'm going to trust the process. The old Philadelphia 76ers. Trust the process. Or are you like, uh, no, not at all. Not not happening like this. I think by default this puts me in the trust the process camp. But it's not me saying trust the process. It's me saying we just have to wait and see. Yeah. We just have to, we have to get, you know, cleats on the field first before a real any real judgment. And I'm talking mm-hmm. regular season. Yeah. Because preseason, we learned very quickly, it doesn't count. No. No, it doesn't. But, that, hey, preseason gets underway just six short months from now. Here we go. Hall of Fame game featuring uh, the Cleveland Browns and a team that will probably beat them. So, there is that. That NFL right around the corner. Of course, real football starts up in April. We had the XFL <laughs> this last weekend as well. Uh, we're, oh, you know what, Deep? We don't have any guests to get to, so we don't really have to be necessarily, quote-unquote, on time. I just have to find the the imaging piece, as we call it, in the uh, the biz here. I can't find my Lumberg for the what's happening. Do you have it available over there? Did I move it? Uh, I've got it over here. If you could hit it for me, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. What's happening? What's happening brought to you by our friends over at ComWest. If you need updates uh, for your phone system, uh, business security, they can help you out there. Uh, Get in touch with ComWest. Google ComWest and talk to old Nate 
and the guys at ComWest. The Fruit of Monument Wildcats, boys and girls, basketball seasons came to an end over the weekend, Friday night. The Wildcat girls fell at Doherty, 56-46. Addison Air led all scores with 15 points. But three Spartans scored at least 13 to now in the Wildcats. Fruita Monument head coach Jeff Johnson says he's proud of the way his team finished off his first season. Uh, they played their hearts out. Um, I can't be more proud than this group uh, as my first group here at Fruita. The Wildcats end the season at 19-5. and five. Saturday in Aurora, the Wildcat boys saw their season end 77-59 loss at Smoky Hill. Buffaloes outscored Fruit Monument 21-6 in the second quarter of an otherwise tight game. Head coach Jake Kagera says he should have let the way it ended override what they accomplished this season. It's good to be a Wildcat. We had a great year. We had a great We can't overlook that because of, because of this game. We're just a little outmatched, so... Great season, great group of guys. So hopefully, you know, this thing will keep moving forward for them. Fruit Monument season ends at 21-3 and and a Southwestern League championship. We'll have the full postgame conversations that uh, with um, Jeff Johnson and Jake Aguera coming up later on in the show. The Delta Panthers girls basketball teams into the 4A Great 8 thanks to another blowout win. The Panthers waxed. Severance, 80-43 Friday night. 18 points from Tatum Miller. They won their first two playoff games by an average of 46 points. Delta plays Friday night at the Denver Coliseum against 4A top seed Holy Family. Coverage starts 95.7 The Monkey at 645. What's happening? Presented by your friends over at ComWest. The CMU Mavericks men's and women's basketball teams have more season left to play for the Lady Mavericks. Winning six of their last seven conference games, they get the seventh seed in the RMAC tournament. They play at two-seed Colorado Mines on Tuesday. For the men, nine-game winner, winning streak. Paired with a Fort Lewis loss on the final day of the regular season gives the Mavs a share of the RMAC crown. And America's two favorite words, tiebreakers. They will host the RMAC tournament via tiebreakers. As long as they continue to win, both teams start their tournaments Tuesday uh, on the team CMU Sports Network. Interesting notes. Lady Mavericks and Ore Diggers, Maverick Men and Metro, split the season series. Right. Winning on the other's home court, both men and women. So there you go. There's there a little bit of intrigue. Because the women play at 5.30 tomorrow night. Coverage starts 5.15 on the team CMU Sports Network. Then we'll join the men in progress. They tip at 7 on Tuesday night. And so we'll get into that one maybe a little late, depending on uh, how the women's game is going, but we will have both games tomorrow night. The CMU Mavericks baseball team's back home this week after losing three or four games in Idaho to Northwest Nazarene. In their lone win Friday, the Mavericks got three RBI from Max Valdez and two more from Harrison Rogers to give Cannon Handy his first win. He did a lot in that game as well, but we'll have that in Mighty Mavs. In the series, the Mavericks allowed a six-run first inning Thursday, and a five-run first inning in the second game on Friday. You know why I, I noted that? Why that why? is important? It's the first time this season the Mavericks have allowed a run in the first inning. Wow. And they gave up crooked numbers. And they didn't have a particularly great weekend, but they'll be home this week. Montana State Billings, Thursday, Friday doubleheader. And then Saturday, Thursday's game right here on the Team CMU Sports Network. The Mavericks softball team took three of four from Black Hill State this weekend. One of these things is not like the other. Mm-hmm. Mavericks dropped the first game Sunday, six to five. Okay, but won the other three games by a combined score of forty-two to four. Ouch! 
Damn. Ouch. Miranda Pruer had seven RBI in the strength of two home runs on the weekend for the Mavericks. They're at Adams State this weekend. After competing in the NCAA Super Regional Tournament Saturday, the Mavericks wrestling team, the men will send four to the national championships. Grand Junction native Dawson Collins at 125, Colin Metzger at 133, Ryan Wheeler at 157, and Cash Money Anderson at 197, all qualified for the nationals. Metzger and Wheeler reached the championship bouts of the Super Regional. Collins and Anderson reached the semis. Cedar Rapids in two weeks for the Mavericks wrestling team. The CMU women's track and field team finished third as a team at the RMAC championships over the re- weekend. Redshirt freshman Jordan Burnett Took home a pair of individual titles. Her teammates Sierra Arsenault and Kiana Jackson took second in their races. Burnett broke her own school record in the 400 meter and the 200 meter. She defeated her teammate Arsenault with a time of 24.56. It's good enough for third best in CMU history at that length. Mavericks finished with 97 points altogether. Defending conference champion UCCS took second place. School of Mines won its first title in program history, 139 and a half. On the men's side, two Maverick runners broke their own school records, came away with silver medals. Zayden Davis and Dane Ortega set new CMU records. Davis in the 60-meter hurdle, Ortega in the 400-meter. CMU's Justin Thompson took home a silver as the Mavs finished sixth at the conference championships. Sorry, I need a little hydration right there. All good. Uh, we're rolling through what's happening, presented by ComWest. After getting roughed up in Memphis Saturday night, the Denver Nuggets bounced back. 134-124 overtime win over the Los Angeles Clippers at Ball Arena. Last night on the Team Sports Network, Denver, 23-0 and this season when Nikola Jokic nets a triple-double. Back-to-back reigning MVP, 40-17-10. And, and the 10 was a fantastic mm-hmm. alley-oop at the end to sort of slam home yep. overtime. Boom, slamma, jamma. That's not how that goes, but uh, it's the Joker's 15th triple-double since New Year's Day. And the Nuggets are back on the court Tuesday night in Houston. The Colorado Avalanche welcomed Nazem Kadri back to Ball Arena with a moving video tribute, then doused the Flames. See what I did there? I see it. Wordplay. 4-1 to Saturday for their fifth straight win. Saturday's win was the second night of a back-to-back following a Friday night win where they beat the Jets 5-1 to in Winnipeg. Avs head coach Jared Bednar is thrilled with how the weekend went for his group. Really like this weekend, especially because we got a little rest. You know, we got two practice days, a couple days of rest. We're able to sit down, do a little video with individuals, with the team. I thought the team was fantastic this weekend. Two really good, solid, complete games on both sides of the puck. That's exactly what I thought. Couldn't have said it better myself, the head coach of the Avalanche, Jared Bednar. The Avs. Take on Vegas tonight on the Team Sports Network. Coverage starts at 6.30. The Colorado Rockies got on the field at Talking Stick for the first time this weekend, getting wins against Arizona and Milwaukee. Against the Diamondbacks, 11 Rockies pounded out 15 hits in a 12-5 win. Uh, Elijeros Montero and Zach Veen each had two hits. Then against the Brewers, Kyle Freeland and Daniel Bard threw their first pitches in anger of the year. Freeland went three innings, allowing three earned runs on six hits. Bard working a scoreless inning as well. Rockies play at Oakland today. On the Team Sports Network. College Hoops, CU couldn't pull off the home upset of UCLA, falling to the Bruins 60-56 yesterday on the team. K.J. Simpson led the Buffaloes with 14. Tristan DeSilva, Luke O'Brien adding 13 each. Not enough to upend the fourth-ranked Bruins. Colorado also fell at home to UCLA Thursday night, 84-65. They sit at 15 even, 15-15 on the season, but 7-12 in the Pac-12. Ouch. 
The Colorado State Rams, though, trounced Wyoming in the hardwood, hardwood edition of the Border War Friday night, beating the Cowboys 84-71. John Tanjay had 25 points to lead all scores. Isaiah Stevens, 15 points, 12 assistances in the win. That is... What's happening? Oh, look, in stereo, Oops. I found it. Thanks for uh, Jared Bednar for having a long clip there. I was able to search and find that <laughs> that was perfect though that that worked perfectly. that worked out absolutely perfectly so russell wilson politicking to get his head coach and gm fired in seattle what do we make of this news and also not only was the act kind of bad for russ last year but russ actually was bad it's not just the optics surrounding him he actually played poorly uh jeff legwald has a write-up about that we'll talk more Broncos coming up next. It's the Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the Team Sports Network. Get your conversation in the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Online, 970-242-1340. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Baked Goods, Buckeye with you here on your Monday morning. It's a B-Team edition. Is this Incubus? Lincoln Park. Oh, Lincoln Park. Close enough. Same thing. I know some of the Parkers, they're going to get after me on that one, but that's okay. I also don't care. 7.36 on your Monday. It's Buckeye and Baked Goods. So, news came out Friday. A nice, long read-up report in The Athletic. If you have it... You're lucky. The Athletic is awesome. Yes. And if you don't have it, go look it up. Ask somebody you know who does have it to gift you one of those month, uh, one of the five gift memberships they can give you for yes. a month. Go do that. Read it up. It's fantastic. The write-up on Russell Wilson, where a year ago this month, he asked Athletic, or not Athletic, uh, Seahawks owner Jody Allen to... Can Pete Carroll and John Schneider, head coach and general manager of the Seahawks, which they still are. That lets you know kind of how that conversation turned out. Now, there is a big gap, like we've mentioned, between you need to fire them if I'm to play for you or the, you know, with these things that can change, maybe these are things that can change. Like Mike Florio says, and I went and found the article to give him proper credit for essentially putting my long-winded thoughts into kind of a succinct point. Right. While it's entirely possible Wilson never said fire Pete and John, it's also possible that he made it clear the status quo was no longer sustainable and something needed to change. Which could have then have been mm-hmm. interpreted as change. Oh, right. we're changing where you play football. Now he says, while he may have never ordered the proverbial code red, he may have implied the only way to get him to stay would be with a new coach and new GM because Jody Allen commented in the aftermath of Russell's trade or the Wilson trade, Russell made it clear he wanted this change. What change exactly? You know? Right. And so, if you're not going to upend the builders for a tenant... This is what you do, right? You trade him to another team. Right. Make him somebody else's problem. Because And so, like, I'm fine 
if Russ Russ says he he denies it. I love Pete. He was a father figure. I never wanted them fired. All of us, all any of us wanted was to win. That's great. We know Russ. Russ is usually say the right things for most of the circumstances. Every once in a while, he'll throw people under the bus while trying to say and do the right thing. Like everybody else is sleeping, I was doing high knees. That doesn't come off as man. Look at Russ. Look at the grinder. That's a yeah, dude. I was sleeping. It's an eleven-hour flight to London. Come you on. know that sort of thing. But so, like, I don't really be like, ah, see, look at Russ. What a malcontent trying to get everybody fired. Because there's a lot of gray area there. But you need to get the clicks right. You need to get people to sign up for the athletic right. And yep. by doing that, you say. Russ tries to get coach general manager fired or whatever the headline was. Right. So there's a lot of gray area in there. Where do you come down, Pyle? What are your thoughts on this Russell Wilson news? What do you make of it as a fan of the team and presumably the player? What do you make of it? 970-242-1340. It's the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. And then Russ last year after he got the trade that he just wasn't very good for the Broncos. No. And ESPN has a nice long write-up. Jeff Legwald, the Broncos reporter for ages and ages and ages, talked to a lot of defensive quarter coaches and quarterbacks coaches. Opposing defensive coaches, obviously. One said he just put the ball where he shouldn't have too often. Yeah, that makes sense. And then another opposing AFC coach says we felt in certain looks big down in distances he would try to do too much essentially he would try to take more time than he should and they played it that way other teams assumed he was going to hold onto the ball for longer and they would be able to break down their protections within the time frame of him having the football in his hands which is what happened a lot it did didn't have a ton of third and long conversions and they're talking about how things might be able to get better under Sean Payton, but there's some of the stuff Russ did that may not actually get better under Sean Payton because a lot of it is Russ. Footwork for Russ is a problem at times, these opposing coaches say. And it's a product of protection. Broncos stressed out their front a lot with what they were trying to do, but Russ held the ball. There were times, 10th, 11th, 12th season, you should get them out of whatever you're in over the ball, switch to another play. You have to adapt because what you did at age 25 may not be the answer. That's that's what we hear Russ, Russ's problem is going to be fixed under Sean Payton, right? Oh, he's going to get him out on the move more. He's going to allow him to move and create plays. Anymore. Can Russ do that? Can he do that anymore at, what, 34? So that's the question. Is Sean Payton, who worked with Drew Brees, Threw for 5,000 yards five times and 4,012 more times and topped 30 points per game five times in 15 seasons as the New England or New Orleans Saints head coach. Is Sean Payton going to be able to fix Russ anyway? The question. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, because you're talking about comparing Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, those are two diametrically opposed styles of quarterback play. You know, and you could say, well, they're about the same height, so maybe that's something. But really, Drew Brees, he's always been pocket guy, arm guy. The accuracy's always been there. 
he never had like a bazooka no. of an arm, but he was always on point with where the football was going. Exactly. Russell Wilson, stronger arm, not as accurate, but far more mobile. So that's that's a completely different style of quarterback that Sean Payton, I don't mm-hmm. doubt he could, you know, find ways to get creative and, and work with that. I I don't I think if people are going to say, oh, well, he coached Drew Brees, he can coach Russell Wilson to the same level, uh, let's wait and see a bit because I think Sean Payton is going to have to, they're going to have to kind of tug a war of a, a little bit with what is Sean Payton comfortable coaching Russell Wilson to do and then what is Russ responsive to. Right, and I agree with something you said in there. The the passing windows for Russ are going to have to be a little larger than Drew Brees. For sure. And is it a combination of play design and Russ creating his own windows? Probably, yeah. But how much longer is Russ going to be able to really create or enlarge his own windows? And That was never Drew Brees' strong point, but they never tried to do that. And let's not forget, too, let, you know, let's not leave them completely and entirely blameless here. There were times when the offensive line play was just abysmal. 100%. And it, it's, it's a perfect storm, right? When you have bad quarterback play, which makes the offensive line bad, and then the offensive line is ostensibly bad on its own, which makes the quarterback play worse. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's cyclical. It's a tornado of of bad offense and you wonder why this team couldn't score more than 16 points a game. Right. It's like an easel with three wobbly legs. Your painting's not going to look very good. It's not. When one leg is the quarterback, the other leg is the coach and the third leg is the offensive line. Can you you sturdied up one leg? Now you got to sturdy up the other two. And Sean Payton hopefully can do that in the offensive line, and then maybe that helps Russ to where he doesn't have to run all over the place like a Mike Vick or you know Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields or whatever. Right. But he can use his waning athleticism, decreasing athleticism. Right. Waning means it's like twilight, and I don't think he's quite twilight yet. No. But he is not as mobile as he was 10 years ago. That's just a fact. None of us are. And so, unless you're like 12, then you're mobile, more mobile than you were 10 years ago. Be My point gets across anyway. Either way. If the offensive line is better, then Russ doesn't have to sprint out to the right. He can kind of, you know, slide. Roll out. out. Roll out. Not, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, zing. Right? Not one of those, but like, okay, let's, we got to move a little bit, and here you go. Deliver the ball. So, is there hope and promise? Sure. Is it a guaranteed certainty that Sean Payton is going to fix him? I don't know if it's certain, but it's not, I don't think he's going to be much worse. Let's put it that way. It's, it's like we said. And then if he is, have fun the next five years. Thanks. I'm just saying, because, there's a lot of money tied up in Russell Wilson, and if he does not get better under a better head coach with a, you think, up improved offensive line, now you know what the answer is and whose fault 
the blame lies on. That would be Danger Russ. It's so a good, the bad, the ugly Monday. Get yours in. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Give us a call. Give us a text. Operator Tyler is standing by. And along with that job responsibility, he also curates soundcheck. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Artisan handcrafted sound check. What do you got this morning? Well, first of all, uh, you mentioned my job to curate sound check, mm-hmm. a job at which I failed miserably Friday because oh. I because I played the same clip that you played Thursday of the Reese Davis Bacon for All game. Nice, which, which was a great clip. Don't get it's me great wrong. Great clip. I just didn't know that you had already done it the day. Before. I didn't use it for sound check though. It was a four down territory clip. Oh, okay. Well, either way, neither here nor there. Yep. SNL. Hit or miss, but relative newcomer to the show, James Austin Johnson, was on Weekend Update this past weekend, and he was doing an impression of NBA analyst Bill Walton. The NBA season is past the halfway point, and LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers are struggling. Here with some perspective is NBA analyst and Hall of Famer Bill Walton. perhaps the premier comedy show in the history of Western civilization. (laughs) Michael Che, the wizard of Weekend Update, lord of the Lower East Side, throw it down, big fella. Sure, man. So So, the impression is good, I think. The the sound and cadence is great. The throw down, that's not his. That's not his line. That's Raffery, right? It might be onions. They they went down. The impression is good. They just need to write the jokes better, in my humble opinion. That's Saturday Night Live in a nutshell, though. Pretty much, but also percentage of the studio audience knowing who the hell Bill Walton is. <laughs> Probably like less than thirty percent. Less than one percent, I'm guessing, <laughs> because that's not really circles that intersect. No. Saturday Night Live fans and sports fans. But that's neither here nor there. Coming up uh, on the other side of a break, we got a good, the bad, the ugly on the text line. Also, it might be a little harder to watch your uh, Major League Baseball teams if you're in Pittsburgh or Houston or Denver. We'll talk about that on the other side of a break. It's the Jim Davis Show, a Monday edition, B-Team edition. The whole shebang on the Team Sports Network. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show, Buckeye and Baked Goods B-Team Edition. As we close in on the top of the 8 o'clock hour, we'll go around the NFL coming up next hour. They're Broncos to the much to the delight of Eric Goodman. Announced a lot of assistant coaches over the weekend so he can uh, untwist the knickers and sit back down. It's because he was all up in arms that he didn't get to know who the yeah. assistant outside linebackers intern was. But uh, we'll talk about that coming up next hour. And, uh, you know, a whole lot more of this sports scene talk goodness that you've come to know and tolerate when it's a B-team edition of uh, the Jim Davis show. And we thank you for tolerating. Yes. Warner Brothers Discovery is getting out of the regional sports network business, and they're not really dragging their feet. 
They've set a March 31st deadline for teams to take back their rights. Ten teams air on Root Sports RSNs, uh, a singular, that's in Seattle, owned majority by ways by the Mariners, so they're fine. And then three AT&T Sportsnet RSNs. Pittsburgh, which carries the Penguins and the Pirates, uh, Southwest, Astros and Rockets, and Rocky Mountain, which carries the Rockies, the Golden Knights, and the Jazz. Wall Street Journal and the uh, Sports Business Journal both are saying that these teams are kind of in limbo right now. AT&T Sportsnet President Patrick Crum said the business will not have sufficient cash to pay cash to pay for the upcoming rights fees, and Warner Brothers Discovery will not fund our shortfalls. But they're not asking for a ton. The letter proposes that the AT&T Sportsnet transfer ownership in the networks and programming rights plus personnel to the teams for no purchase price beyond a release by the teams of any future claims against the network. So there you go. Maybe they're getting out of it. Maybe your Rockies broadcast will be produced by the actual Colorado Rockies. Oh, dear. Yeah. So I mean, not that they couldn't do it. It's just... Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that could that could cause a lot of issues. Uh, not uh, chief among them is the journalism aspect of how do you criticize your boss right. without worrying about getting fired. Uh, going over to the Chick Fil A text line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Robert's got a good, the bad, the ugly. We'll get to next hour because it's a little long. And we're running a little short. But Larry says, Wilson is overrated, I think. As for play design, I believe Peyton will help him be a good quarterback, but not a great quarterback. Hour two on the way. We'll go around the NFL presented uh, by a lot of people. It's the Jim Davis Show on the team.